So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. In response to ESPN's, are the Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar debate, which is a dumb debate. We talked about it earlier this week. Well, panelist Kimberly A. Martin, she came on to ESPN and absolutely eviscerated her colleague, Stephen A. Smith, on live television. Oh, yeah. It was pretty epic, I got to say. And Kimberly went as far to say that the segment was trash. I think I called it hot garbage earlier in the week. So she and I are on the same page. You and her are definitely on the same page in terms of energy. But she went on to wholeheartedly support Lamar Jackson and did so with cold, hard facts. It'll be a fun one. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby in London Trossett here. It is Friday, October 13th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Good to be across the pond. During his Thursday press conference here in London, Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. was super transparent about some of the adversity he's already faced this season. And he told local media he, quote, failed the test. We're going to dive into that. Semi-failed. Semi-failed. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Plus, Roquan Smith and OBJ gave passionate answers on the turf versus grass debate ahead of Sunday's game inside Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Plus, I've got some clips from the QB school, and uh, they talked about how, quote, refreshing Todd Munkin's offense is in Baltimore. We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Sarah, on Monday during our overreaction content that we always sift through, right? ESPN gave us a ton to talk about. ESPN gave us our own version of bulletin board material, I guess. When Stephen A. Smith, because remember, he's not just a panelist, a host. He's the executive producer. Like, topics don't just go through without his approval. So when I, and I, I tweeted it out, but when I saw the, the headline that essentially read, like you mentioned at the top, are the Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar as the, the key debate on Monday after what we know was not a perfect performance on Sunday in Pittsburgh, but a pretty dang good one. And the statistics will tell you that. The eye test will tell you that. The analysts like Dan Orlovsky will tell you that. I'm thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. This is terrible content, and you and I reacted accordingly. Well, so too did Kimberly Martin, who literally is Stephen A. Smith's co-panelist. She's on the show with him. Now, here's the thing. 
Stephen A. was not on the show himself on Thursday. So I think it makes it even more funny the way that she handled this. Now, I say funny because she was highly entertaining. There was a little bit of banter in there. You can tell that they have a good rapport, good relationship and whatnot with the back and forth ball busting, if you will. But she also was very, very powerful with her words. So here we go. We'll get your reaction on the other side. Yo, honestly... Steve, that whole segment, that was trash, bro. Mm. That was uh, that was worse than your A-list. That was worse than any than the outfits that you the shoes, that first pitch that you was trying to do with the leg. That conversation topic irritated me so badly because like I said, Monday was not the day for that conversation. Not after Lamar Jackson literally is throwing the ball accurately to you and you drop it in the end zone multiple times. Three. Several receivers drop surefire touchdowns, drop surefire completions. And we would literally come on TV and ask, is Lamar Jackson a guy who, after sitting at this desk, and we all talked about how Lamar Jackson deserved to be paid and how dare the Ravens drag their feet – Now on this Monday of 2023, we are going to debate, are the Ravens really getting what what they're paying for? Are they getting their money's worth out of Lamar Jackson? Seven fumbles! Seven fumbles! Talk about the drops. Lamar Jackson is getting paid to win games. And let me tell you something. This kid does more with less consistently, and yet he is a winner, and I just was so irritated. And Sarah, quickly, because I know you want to get in here, and and that was just awesome television, by the way. But I saw a few comments where they were like, well, wait a second, doing more with less, he's never had more at his disposal this year, right? And well, wait a second, a lot of his playmakers have either been down for the year in J.K. Dobbins' case or missed a chunk of time like Odell Beckham Jr. So in a sense, he's still doing more with less. Get in here and react to that. Well, to that one, I do think he's got more than he's ever had before, even with the injuries. OBJ was out there. He may not have been 100%. Zay is a whole other level, and Mark's healthy, all of that. But to your point, I mean, he is still missing guys. Uh, No, I'm not. Listen, if you want to go back and hear passionate, Sarah, you can go back two days. Uh, Some may argue I was a little too passionate. Uh, But, no, she's, she's absolutely right that the timing was off. If uh, There are fair things to criticize Lamar for, and actually there was a fair point. We'll get to it later on in here. There's a fair point to criticize. There's fair things to criticize Lamar Jackson about for sure, but the topic itself was ridiculous. In her words, trash. It like To do that after that game with so many drops, Dan Orlovsky was cracking me up because he was like the, what do you call that? Just He, he was like playing the role of... Um, uh, what's what's his name? Ingram. Ingram. When Ingram was here, he was like hype man for, for Lamar, right? Just always like a hype man for Lamar. Dan Orlovsky was playing the hype man for Clim- Kimberly Lay. She was like the drops and he's like eight, the missed yeah. touchdowns, three. Like he yeah. was just like all in there, which I thought was funny. But the biggest problem that I had with it is that if somebody else wanted to say, if somebody else that was like yelling, don't pay Lamar. And they were saying, okay, he's not getting, the Ravens aren't getting their money's worth. Then I'd be like, okay, that guy at least has some standing to say it. I don't believe that. I think they are getting their money's worth. 
But to her point, Stephen A was sitting there. Uh, she said they were all sitting there at that table, pounding the table. Oh, the Ravens are dragging their feet for paying him. You need to pay him. You need to pay him. And then five weeks into the season, you're going to throw him under the bus like that? Yeah, I thought she she nailed that part of it for sure. Oh, Stephen A is probably somewhere off or you know, having an off day or doing whatever and realizing that he's just getting torched <laughs> on his dragged. own show, which is yeah. pretty funny. And the response on Twitter has been hysterical as well. You can go check out the clip that I just shared on mine, and then you went ahead and quote-tweeted that with a full seven-minute clip. We're going to get into a couple different clips coming up here in just a second as well, including, which we'll do now, Chris Canty's essentially counterpoint to what you just heard there from Kimberly Martin. Now, Chris, you guys might know the OG Ravens here on the channel, know that he was a Raven back, what was it, like in the 2013-ish, right around there. I think it was like 13 to 15, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, a former Ravens defensive end. And Sarah, he essentially, and there's a there's one point, like you suggested a, sec, a little while ago, that we'll discuss that he he brought up that's valid. But for the most part, with no Stephen A. on the set, Chris essentially does his best Stephen A. impression, <laughs> essentially just regurgitating the same exact Lamar take that we heard on Monday, which is how we got here in the first place. Here that is. Well, Kmart, okay, I, I, I can't believe you're putting me in the uncomfortable oh, position. No, of trying Chris, to don't do it. Stephen A. Don't do it. Monday, but I got to push back on this one. I do. Like, like Lamar Jackson cost his team an opportunity uh, to win a game in Pittsburgh last week. Because although you're talking about those receivers and all of the drop passes, Lamar Jackson did get a gift from his special teams with a turnover on Gunnar Olszewski. Jamari Moon forced to fumble. They got the recovery. They're in the red zone. And this dude throws oh, a okay. pick. So you Lamar, you Lamar has to you, throw it. But you don't know. No, no, no. Play no, here's, no here, and, here's my like, point. What do you want here's my point. The Pittsburgh Steelers can't beat you if you don't make that mistake. They can't. You kick a field goal, you go up by points, you make that defense drive the length, so, you make that offense drive the length of the field. It's a different ball game. You're gifting the opportunities for the Steelers to beat you. The strip sack by TJ Watt. I know we don't want to put that on Lamar, but that's ball security. The quarterback has got to take care of it. It's not as if ball security hasn't been an issue in another loss they had at home to the Indianapolis Colts against Gardner Minshew-led Indy offense, and you lost that game in overtime. Lamar Jackson has got to be better. Eight total touchdowns to eight total turnovers. That's not what you're looking for from your quarterback. You've got to be better in the National Football League, especially when they give you a quarter of a billion-dollar contract. So that wasn't the specific clip where he made one valid point, right? That was the second well, one that we have? Well, well, I have – it's it's titled Fair Criticism, and it wasn't from Chris. It was from um, – uh, Molly Karam. We'll get to that in a minute. What I do think he, what's what Candy has right is that is the interception. It was bad. the The play call I think was also bad, and I think the 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 route was also bad. That being said, the interception was bad, and if at the very least you throw it away and you get the three points. Like there's that point where I think he's wrong is the bigger statement. It's all about. After each game, Bobby, when we have to give instant reactions, we don't have time to think about it. We have to give instant reactions. In a loss, everybody wants to point the finger for faults, right? And so I think it's fair to point out all of them, but I also like to rank them, okay? So in that game, if I'm ranking what was the main problem in that game, it was the drops. Three drops in the end zone. It's the eight drops overall. 
Though that to me is number one, and his team made Lamar have to go back to bad situation, bad situation, bad situation. Now, when he threw that pick, I don't, he's right. Like, if you take that isolated, that was a bad throw. It was a bad decision. He went, you know what I mean? And again, you can talk about the play calling. I think all that's fair. But what he's doing is he's putting all the weight on Lamar. So he said Lamar Jackson cost his team a win. That's the statement where he's clearly putting Lamar's, I think, one mistake. I don't think the fumble's on him. He's putting Lamar's one mistake. He's putting more weight on that than he's putting on all those drops or anything else you want to put in there. And that's what I think he has wrong. To me, the drops had way more weight and kept forcing Lamar to come back and be perfect. Plus, he felt so confident about the T.J. Watt like burning off the edge. Or sorry, who? I think it was Alex Highsmith who beat Ronnie Stanley, yeah. which led to the fumble. Right? Like Chris was so in incredibly confident. Yeah, that he like yeah. he's, he's blaming it on ball security. He's blaming it, like, he's got to be better. We already showed you two different versions of Dan Orlovsky analysis this week. One of which was your clip as well that showed you why there was nothing he could have possibly done. Ronnie Stanley got blown up there, right? Highsmith comes flying out and ends up, you know, the game wrecker himself. But Ronnie's got to be better. But and we know we, we remember the footwork that Dan showed us in terms of how that happened and, and how Ronnie left himself vulnerable in that sense. What else can Lamar do? So I, I think that, that that's just with with how confident he comes across there. That that to me is troublesome because it just seems as if. And you hate to say this because he's a he's a former Raven, he's a former NFL player, but that just shows like a lack of preparation. We've already watched it time and time again, and he's coming across so confidently about a play that we already know through Orlovsky's analysis. There's nothing. Lamar was dead to rights. Right. So they they talked in depth about that play about the fumble. Maybe we can sum it up because we do need to keep going. We have so much content today. Uh, but or should we play it? Should we play where they're debating that that fumble? I think it's really good TV. Let's do it. All right, let's watch it. All right, here it is. Christopher, oh, no, Dan Orlovsky is the quarterback apologist. All right, so Lamar's on track for forty five hundred yards and thirty six touchdowns. We're not giving. We're, I'm not doing enough. I'm doing it two games missed by OBJ, two games missed by Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews has missed time. My left tackle's missed time. I don't have any J.K. Dobbins. And we're sitting here saying they're not getting enough out of Lamar Jackson? First of all, Chris, you can't bring up the special teams and not point out that Pittsburgh also blocked a punt for points. Mm-hmm. Okay, You can't bring up the, the interception because it's an awful route by Odell Beckham, who I'm a massive fan of, but it's a bad route. The sack fumble? What do you want him to do? Block and throw? No, I want him to hold the ball. How can he hold the, the ball, ball when he's throwing hold the ball? So what you're saying is he's a court. literally so in the process of throwing the football. <laughs> he's literally doing That's, this, Chris. That, he's doing this. What do you want me to do? So, so he's throwing the football. He's, he's act, if he's process. actively throwing the football, then how's it a fumble? Because he got hit. Oh, okay, Why are Dan. you focusing? But here's my thing. There were so many mistakes yeah. by the drops. wide receivers, the drops. And these were not passes where it was like, yo, how am I supposed to get that? They were in their hands, and they let it go. They threw the hands off their body, and you, you're pointing to that. I don't know how you do, to, uh, uh, You're pointing to that 
to Lamar's one mistake and not the 12 No, no, no. It's, two, it's two mistakes because that, it's two okay. turnovers in the last five minutes of but a one mistake. those two game. turnovers, but it's not the mistakes. collective turnovers that we have over here. Like, uh, come on. I know you're not a former quarterback, but come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Last, she was on one on Thursday. Wow. She was on, she was on one. Here's, here's the thing with the process of a throw because Canty technically – makes a fair point, but I think when you're watching it, it's unfair. So he's saying, well, if he was really throwing and the ball got knocked out, it would have been it would have been called by the rules of the play. It would have been called an interception. Because what the rule is, and it's and it's like a hair thin difference of a, a line. So they don't call it an interception unless your arm is coming forward. That's when they say it's an interception. Lamar's hand was cocked back heads behind him there was not a lot of time highsmith blue bart he should be able lamar should be able to do three-step drop cock back and that should be enough time and, and we looked at the depth that he had but it's technically called a fumble because his arm wasn't coming forward but for so technically speaking okay, it was a fumble, and so he's saying because the rules of the game are saying it's a fumble, then you should hold on to it. But I think it's unfair because his arm's back. He's like a hairline away from coming forward. So I, I do think, I think that one is completely unfair to put on Lamar. I've heard people say he should step up in the pocket. Not if you look at the All-22. There's a stunt coming through up the middle. There, He would have gotten crushed in the middle, too. Um and so I, so that one I just don't buy. I get where I get where technically speaking, Candy's Candy's from coming from. But you watch that game, and you to me, it's just like Lamar can't do anything again. The interception I do put on Lamar. The fumble I do not. And then just in the interest of time here, let's just summarize what we also think is fair, right? Which is the statistic that Molly Karen well, provided. I promise. I cut it down to ten seconds. I cut it down to like twenty seconds. Let me just let me just play it real quick because even Dan Dan give, gives like room to say, okay, this is true. One thing though, because 11 turnovers in the fourth quarter and OT of one score games he's had. In the last two years, I would imagine that that's, yeah, that yeah. is. Or, or Over the last three seasons. Over the last three seasons. So like that is an absolutely fair thing. That's fair, right? That the fumbling and ball security issues, even though he hasn't lost every single one of them. And as we just explained in that game, you know, the, the, the what essentially put the Steelers game away for Pittsburgh with the Highsmith one, right? That, that was... That was a very difficult play that's on Ronnie Stanley in a sense. You know, even even like we're just trying to be sure that we we play both sides here. Like this has got to be better. There's no question. You know, most turnovers in the fourth quarter and overtime in one score games over the last three seasons. Lamar leads this list. You know, Taylor Heineke and Justin Herbert below him with nine and eight respectively. So while we go to bat for him when we can, and and we will continue to do that when it's warranted. This is also something that's got to get cleaned up, especially come January. For sure. And what I didn't play because because I wanted to, we, we already had these long clips. Dan Orlovsky was was making the argument that's because he's always playing Superman. It's because he's always playing hero, and so he yeah. so he will take risks when it's coming down to the fourth quarter or overtime because he you know he like in the past he you know he may be feeling even though he'll never say it he may be feeling in the moment well I got to get this done mm -hmm. so he takes risks that ends up. So, okay, fair, that's the context. That being said, I do feel like he has more now. Um, and number two, part of being Superman, and look, let me tell you, 
saying this is I'm going on the almost ground of, of Kimberly saying he has to be perfect. But part of being Superman is to make the smart, smartest decisions. And so what, what, this is something that is going to have to be next level that it's like, uh, you know, how, how, when do I play Superman and when do I throw the ball away? That's his next step. That's what I think his next step is because there are times where it's just like, holy cow, how did he do that? And then, and then it's in these moments, it's in these moments that he can't. So if we went into all 11 of those turnovers, Bobby, I bet we could give context to it and be like, well, this, well, that. But then when you look at it for three seasons and be like, okay, but after a while, context isn't enough. We got, we've got to take care of the ball. And you know what? Lamar knows this. We played this in yesterday's vault. He said, I've got to be better. I have to treat the ball like it's a prized possession. He yep. is aware of this. Whether he knows the exact stat, I don't know. So I'm not saying anything that Lamar himself wouldn't say. It's a prized possession, even more prized in fourth quarter and overtime. And that's where his next step is. On to Thursday press conferences from London. Of course, uh, Roquan Smith, Odell Beckham Jr. And who was the third player? David Ajabo all met with the media. Of course, David has ties to the area, having grown up in the Scotland area. And so, unfortunately for him, he remains on IR, not available right now. We'll have an update on him in just a minute. But we wanted to share a couple different snippets from Odell Beckham Jr., who we know is fighting with that ankle injury, right? He's battling with it. We know that last year was lost to the torn ACL. He's been beating himself up a little bit while also being extremely grateful and living in the moment. But I appreciated his transparency during Thursday's press conference and just talking about a little bit you know, related to some of the adversity he's already faced here through the first month of the season and trying to make his comeback. Um, and that's where, you know, I was doing such a great job early on and, you know, hadn't been thrown many tests like leading up to training camp and all this. And then things happen and I feel like um, I semi-failed the test God gave me. And realizing that is a lot of it's a step of growth and just to be able to go past that um, and to now embrace this new challenge and find a way to be productive um, with whatever um, opportunities that I do have. Uh, that's just the, the bottom line, you know, um, make the most of, of whatever you get. We, we, we just want to go to the second one. A, a, a reporter followed up and said, well, how did you fail it? And this is what he said. I guess you could say. Oops. I guess you could say I didn't fail because I realized that there was a potential that I did fail it. So that's, you know, a little bit of win in itself. But just to me, like I was saying, I was in such a, a positive mindset. And it was because, you know, nothing had really went wrong and there was no setback. So there was no, you know, feel like poor performance or anything going leading up into camp. And then, you know, just some little things start to happen. And you get into a mindset where I don't feel like I was as positive about looking at things that may not have been positive and, and looking at them as negative. So that's where I feel in my heart I failed the test of um, just being able to take the good with the bad. And to me to be able to look at it now, be able to smile at it and be like, okay, well, now I know for the next time that it does pop up, um, how I can go about things, how I can control my own energy, how I can um, protect my peace, that's where I feel like I semi-failed the test, you know, not like, I got completely off track and, you know, went down the wrong way, but just like a little bumped off track and just, you know, sometimes you need that reminder in life of, of uh, which way to go and which direction that God's trying to lead you. So it's, it's interesting because in he said that 
and he's feeling better this week than he was this time last week. So you kind of wonder if he's suggesting that perhaps he, he came back a little bit early for no reason, just because of his own self-pressure. Yeah, that was in this clip. Here, let me play it real quick. It's been tough. Um, you know, I've, excuse my language, I've, you know, worked my ass off for a long time since that Super Bowl. And um, just to have like a small, small setback, which you, you never saw coming. And it's just unfortunate, you know, um, and, and now kind of just getting readjusted and, you know, it, it's behind you now. But, you know, maybe sitting there and in hindsight thinking, could have waited one more week and, you know, to just get your feet back underneath you. It's a blessing to be able to be out on the field. But um, it never feels good when you're, when you're not at your very, very best. So uh, I feel much better this week, even though there was a lot of traveling. It's hard. Stay up on hydration. Stay up on a regular schedule. Stay, there's so many things that you have to adapt to. But, um, you know, there's no, no time for excuses or um, putting blame here or there. You know, I'm a man. I take my wins with my losses. And um, I just got to come out and just be better, you know, playing it. Yeah. So to your point, he was kind of second guessing himself if, if he should have come back for Steelers week and should have been more. And now he feels better. But Bobby, I'm curious about you. I, so he's missed, was it two games? He missed two games, mm -hmm. maybe three. I wasn't expecting that. I, I was a little bit surprised. Like I was like, "Oh, OBJ's up," because I was thinking coordinators are today. I don't know how that how that changed. Like on the PR thing, it said coordinators and a player, but they ended up having three players. Maybe coordinators will be tomorrow. But this low energy and um, almost some sadness there. Obviously, I, I'm I'm happy that he has some self awareness. That's why he's saying I semi failed it because. He's saying I did have, he's essentially saying I didn't have a great attitude. And so that energy is brought into the, the locker room, maybe in the receiver room, you know, uh, I didn't know this was going on behind the scenes. I I'm sure that it was frustrated. I, I had assumed it'd be frustrated, but the energy I was getting from him was certainly like he's, he's down. And on one end, I totally get it. Right. Like he had been rehabbing for over a year and then he gets out there and then by week two or whatever, he has like this little minor injury, minor, meaning it's not a season ending. I'm, I'm sure that there's pain and all that there. And I guess, I guess Bobby, while you 100% understand it and his low energy is justified and I understand what I'm about to ask for is I'm asking it that only a few of the elite elite can do that feels to me there's both low energy that there probably has been for a couple of weeks from both him and Bateman. And that's not good energy to have in that room, right? These wide receivers all trying to take a next step. And so it's like, I want to see, because if you can do this day to day, I know that you can do it when, when the heat is on in the fourth quarter, when you're getting knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, maybe you haven't had any passes thrown your way, but finally they come to you in the fourth quarter. Like this stuff cannot get you down when you're like the elite of the elite when you're the professional. And so like, you just want to see like, man, this stinks, but I don't care. I'm going to transcend it. And I'm going to come in here and I'm going to have energy and I'm going to match Jay Flowers energy. And I'll be like, y'all boys got this. Aguilar, you got me. I know I can't be out. Like I got this guys. I'm going to be back with you in just a few. And I think that's what he's saying. He knows he needs to be. Yeah. And so the next step here for him would be great. You, that's why you only semi failed that you're going to, but if, if he gets nicked up again, 
at some time during the season and miss, needs to miss one or two games, can he keep his his spirits high? Can he? And and you know what? Most people, it's tough to do that. It's tough for all of us. To me, when something bad happens, that's when I'm even going harder. That's when I'm like my attitude is even going harder. My my optimism is even higher because to me, that's the only way you can go if you want to transcend it. And again, like I said, that's not easy to do. But what he's saying is he's realizing he knows he has to do that. Yeah, it's like his body's trying to catch up with his mind in that sense. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not that's not the way <laughs> you could you could tell. You can read right through it. We're on the same page. I don't know if he's up at the podium this week, Sarah, if this game is in the United States. This guy is a brand, right? This mm, guy is an yeah, icon. Yeah. And and you'll have noticed anybody who's tuned into the press conferences notice there's a ton of different international media that are being that are involved that mm -hmm. the Ravens have been invited or I'm sure I don't know who's done the invitations but NFL media maybe so this is this is like hey let's put forth our best biggest names right to to participate in this so Lamar was you know on Wednesday right Odell uh, and and Roquan on Thursday we'll see what happens on Fridays I don't know what the the coordinator plan is so uh, I'm totally with you Hopefully, hopefully he can take that next step forward. Obviously, psychologically, right now it's a challenge. We, we're not taking that away from him whatsoever. A lot he's already had a lot taken away from him in terms of the game over the last mm -hmm. half of his life. But at the other side of thirty, with wisdom now um, at at his side, and obviously a pretty dang good one year prove it deal as well. He owes it to himself and the Ravens to figure that out as soon as possible. Speaking of injuries, unless you had something. Nope. You want I was going to transition. Nope. Okay. You got it. And I'm going to say that I'm going to knock on the wooden desk that I have here in London when I, <laughs> when I make this transition. But a big conversation surrounding this weekend is the turf, right? The Ravens mm -hmm. are playing in a turf stadium. That's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, like you mentioned at the top. Well, Emmett T-Bank Stadium is grass. And why this is a conversation is that there have been Think about uh, MetLife Stadium up in New York. We've uh, up in the um, Meadowlands. We've discussed this a number of times. Kyle Fuller last year, Jawan James, within the same day, within the same game, go down because of the turf. You could argue uh, non-contact related things, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's been well documented that turf has led to a lot of different injuries, and some of the players were asked about that, and Odell did not hang back. Hold back, I should say, during his press conference. You know, it's something that I, I, I'm sure people have seen me talk about on Twitter and this and that. And then, you know, it sounds like I'm the one being a baby and complaining, yet you see a lot of major injuries happen on turf. I mean, it's not even, I don't know. I'll leave the dilemma up for the Twitter warriors and all that. But it's just, I mean, just look at the results. Look at how many major injuries have happened on it. And, you know, God, God willing, like there's none this game. But it's just not a surface that's, um, you know, I, I think great for players to play on. Um, I think we have, I think they make enough money to where, you know, putting grass in stadiums is really not that big of a thing. I think it's not hard to keep up with. Um, and I just feel like if we're, we're talking about the safety of players, I think grass would be a better surface area. Here's your tweet up on the screen as well, because this was a great answer. I'll let you take this. <laughs> Bobby, as I read this, before I do this, this is exactly what I'm talking about when something 
is against you. Now, to be fair, Roquan I don't has not been dealing with the same injuries as OBJ, so I could see OBJ going into this. Oh, please, please don't let me have a setback on this turf. But he clearly uh, OBJ is clearly like again. He's just carrying a down energy. So they both agree, right? They both agree rather play on grass. But listen to how Roquan meets the challenge. He says, personally, I'd rather play on actual grass. I'm not the one making the decision, but at the end of the day, they can roll the ball out anywhere, concrete, basketball court, or wherever I will be there. Like, that's the attitude I'm talking about. But when I was trying to say in the last one, that it's like, and you know what? I have it for the Ravens overall. I don't mean to just call out OBJ, but all these fourth quarter meltdowns, what, like where the Ravens don't finish. How many 10-point leads have they had over the last two years and lost? This is the attitude I'm talking about. Un, you know, like He's unflinchable. He's un, unflinched. He just doesn't flinch. Roquan doesn't flinch. I don't want to see the Ravens in the fourth quarter, and I'm not just pointing out OBJ or Lamar. It's everybody. It's John Harbaugh. It's everybody. This is it. No excuses. Bring me concrete. Bring me, bring me a basketball court. You bring me, you just, you just erased a 10 point lead to three points. Fine. I don't care. I'm rising up. Like I just, I love, I love Roquan's attitude. He just fires you up. It's, it's the energy that you exude that you bring yeah. to every single one of our shows. Right. But that's, that's leadership from Roquan. That's tone setting. What, what we know he does both on and off the field and that's contagious in a locker room setting. So I think all of your your criticism, criticism is a is a strong word, but your observation of the body language that we've yeah. seen that's carried over to some of his, some of Odell's overall approach to answering these questions is fair. It's within bounds, and it's something that's got to get corrected. Uh, and, and 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 guess what? Going into the episode, I didn't really see it in this sense. So I'm glad you brought it. Mm. Into, into focus here because you, you can whatever we, we've stressed it enough yeah. we'll keep moving here did you want to mention one note about the, the turf itself no 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 I mean I know that it, you had mentioned injuries on turf and I was just I was just going to note that it's happened in the stadium too like yeah. recently so I get uh, and listen, Steve Bashotti, when the players came to him several years ago, they were like, this turf, no good. And Steve Bashotti yeah. spent the money and he did it. So under injury report. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Both outside linebacker Javian Clowney, as Jeff Cerebic tweeted, with that illness that caused him to miss Wednesday, and Geno Stone with the hamstring, both these guys returned to practice on Thursday in London. The only player that Jeff did not see practicing was outside linebacker Adafe Owe, whose ankle continues to plague him. Then, as you mentioned in your separate tweet, David Ajabo with the ankle and the knee, which causes him to be on IR. He said that during his media session that he will not have surgery and is rehabbing, quote, just rehabbing, taking it day by day, and I'll be back out there, end quote. He also mentioned that there were a ton of different family members and friends who were asking for tickets because, again, because of his connections to this part of the world, um, I feel for him in that sense would be a, a homecoming if he were able to give it a go, but at least he can be here with his teammates. Yeah, that's a good, that's a nice practice report injury-wise. Only only one guy out, Odafi Oe, of course the guys on IR uh, are out too, but should be you know healthy in terms of having him out there. Who knows how many people are 100%. Okay, Bobby, I've teased this a couple times. I do want to get to it. I know we're running short here, but we'll make it quick. So the QB school with JT O'Sullivan, who's a former uh, quarterback, he puts together fantastic videos uh, where he analyzes in-depth film study of quarterbacks, you know, throughout, throughout the season. He doesn't do, you know, Lamar Jackson every week, but he's done them several times. And uh, it's just interesting to me, all the film study people agree with, you know, going back to the first segment, Kimberly, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can't put this game if you actually, you know, watch it and look at it in depth. But it was hilarious. If you watch this show, you know that JT always opens up. He's like, welcome to the QB school. Let's get started. And then he does a clap. I just had to play this really quick. Not trying to pull on the wide receivers, but it's funny. Come on. Buddy, welcome to the QB school. I am JT O'Sullivan. Today, Lamar Jackson, tough L versus the Steelers, all sorts of issues. We are diving into it. Let's get it going. Welcome to the QB school. <laughs> former nfl quarterback you, you can also get it done in the humor department too yeah so for the audio people only he was like missing trying to make the clap just kind of imitating the wide receivers missing the ball but anyway the real reason why i'm bringing this up uh if you i highly recommend anybody go watch it i watched the whole thing it's about 40 minutes long where he's just analyzing lamar uh, he he went over a lot of the plays we've already done. I will say, since I'm not a technical guru, if you want to go listen to his critiques on Lamar's technique and fundamentals, I would say overall he he basically says that Lamar's footwork, you know, makes him. It's not. He talks about it, his heels clacking a lot, and uh, it's not the ideal footwork that you teach to quarterbacks, but then he says, but Lamar overcomes it with his crazy arm. And so he's like, and so, and he says it's that footwork is what will sometimes make him inconsistent. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. But the real reason why I wanted to bring this up is that he's blown away by the new passing scheme. We've been talking about, is this new offense different? 
It is not different in the sense of the results just yet because the Ravens aren't super high in, in the stats in terms of passing and all that. But the concepts are 1,000% different. He you must use the word refreshing, Bobby, like 20 times. So anyway, I put together a little, that's what I'm looking for, conglomeration. Yeah, yeah, compilation. There we go. Of, of him talking about Munkin. It was hilarious how he kept coming back to it. It's just, it's called a good offense. And I don't recognize it in a Ravens uniform, but it's refreshing. The other part about this is I really like the design. I know I'm kind of beating this thing to death as far as just saying it's refreshing to see Lamar Jackson in a real offense, but it's refreshing. So that is a wrap. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, tough, tough L. Okay, now a few things here before we finish this thing up. The first thing, the overwhelming thing for me, just kind of the deep breath of this for me, is it is so refreshing to see Lamar Jackson in what I would consider a much more modern, comprehensive, sophisticated NFL passing scheme. It's just refreshing. It really is. That's the number one main takeaway for me. Now, are there still some issues as far as his precision, his ball placement? Yes. He's such a talented dude and has such a unique kind of arm flick and talent to be able to rip it and throw with touch with what I would consider an unconventional, if not inconsistent base. But he's so athletic and so dynamic that he's so tozy naturally that it's hard for him to kind of looks like sink in and be a little bit more consistent with his base. That being said, he threw the ball well enough, good enough, certainly, for them to have a better opportunity to win that game. You can't catch it for them. Can't catch it for him, dog. And that was on full display in this game. I love watching Lamar Jackson play. I love how they're trying to incorporate that quarterback run game with a real NFL drop back passing game. All of those things, I think, point in the right direction. Certainly didn't happen this week. We'll see what it looks like moving forward. I'm just going to walk around London on Friday and watch that entire thing because I think he's so yeah. good. He's so good. He's so good. So, yes, a more modernized NFL passing scheme. Thank you, Todd Munkin. Now let's just get it implemented to the point where the Ravens, uh, you know, are showing it with production. Quick hits. Injury. Uh, injury. The fit. The fit is what I meant to say. And the threads. The, the, the week sick threads for our audio-only folks. You got the white on black. And all time, if you were wondering... Let's see. Going into week four, according to at Ravens uniforms tracker on Twitter, they were 36 and 54 all time. So hopefully, but that was a win against Cleveland. So now that means they're now 37 and 54 all time with the white on black. Let's hopefully make that 38 and 54 once Sunday in London is all said and done. And then look at Lamar, Marlon Humphrey's Instagram story on the left-hand side caught Lamar catching up with a bunch of young folks here in London. He's doing the Play 60 event on the right-hand side. It's been very community-driven, Sarah, over the last couple of days here for the Ravens, which is cool to sprinkle that in before they get down to business this weekend. So we've talked about how Marcus Williams did not look like himself. I just pulled this from Spencer Schultz that kind of like highlights this. This will be the last quick hit. Um, here we go. Look at him, number 32, over to the right of your screen. Goes to do a tackle, literally... Oh, wow. With one I arm. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, let me play that, that again. again. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can tell he's favoring it. Wow, um, there's no movement there. None. Bobby, he sticks out one hand, and he's lucky because the defender did step out of bounds, but, like, there's no tackling. John Harbaugh did say wow. that he thinks that, you know, he's going to start feeling better throughout the weeks and whatnot. 
But holy moly, if I'm the opposing team, I am targeting Marcus Williams with film like that. I'm glad. Let me just put it this way. I'm super happy Geno Smith returned to practice today, uh, Thursday, because that is a liability. I hope he continues to feel better. I don't know what to do about that. Boy, one extra quick hit, too, that just came in. I hadn't seen that yet. Great observation by Spencer Schultz, because that was that was obvious. Mm -hmm. So anyway, well, not obvious enough, obviously, but but it was it was a great observation there by Spenny. And once you see it, it's obvious, you know, you can't unsee it. it. Yeah. Yeah. While we were recording, uh, Derek Hamilton, father of, of Kyle, quote, tweeted the video that I put up of of Kimberly, which we shared earlier on. And said, and by the way, for those who don't know, Derek never minces his words. He says, <laughs> thank God someone finally spoke up for Lamar. <laughs> so Derek chiming in there. He's not watching this show enough, clearly. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up after this and make sure he knows <laughs> the link to this because he's been on before a couple draft, or maybe that was a couple draft years ago. Anyway, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Tanner Mashburn and Alan Jay, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same out there, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. You can see it on the bottom line streaming and a direct link to that is included in the show notes below. I also want to give one shout out too to Luke Scott, Sarah, who has been one of our OG patrons here. I just ran into him in the lobby he and his wife uh, are downstairs oh, nice. in the lobby here in London. They're really great people, really supportive of us. And uh, it's, it's been cool to, to run into some people. Matter of fact, I was in front of the Tower Bridge for those who, who know the London area, just sightseeing after I got in, waiting for to be checked into the hotel. And somebody asked me to take a photo of them. And they ended up being vault listeners. Like, <laughs> nice. just what? <laughs> I know London's a big city. And I know people are here for the game. But I was like, "Wow, that was pretty cool to know that we, we've um, we've we've grown in that sense in, in, in the last year and a half." So it's been awesome. Can't wait to continue providing coverage. And you know what? I just realized we need to give our predictions. Oh crap! We were about to close this thing out without our predictions. You ready to shotgun them right now? Y- yeah, you go first. All right. So so that's so funny. It's just I'm like. I haven't slept yet. It's there's a five hour time difference we're operating on right now. So I almost let yeah, that we gotta get we you almost, to bed. We both yeah. almost let that slip through the crack. So we gotta go quick because obviously we're we're over already. But four point favorite is Baltimore. Over under I saw was around forty or forty one. I'm gonna go with a Ravens bounce back win. I'm not confident about that in the slightest. Okay, let me just say that. But I will go with a bounce back win for the Ravens. 24-21, they're the road opponent, so a road win in both ways, both on paper and actual in person here on the road in London over Tennessee. Who do you got? I, too, am not confident. I feel like the Ravens are so inconsistent, even though I think they're the far better team, and so many, and I think they're far better, way more talented than the Titans. Because of how inconsistent they are and all the mistakes, it just makes you feel like like, well, how do I trust you? You know what I mean? But uh, I'm going to go 2017 Ravens. Okay. 
there you have it. Let us know what yours are in the prediction um, live chat below. Not live, but you know what I mean. I'm, I'm starting to get to brain dead mode. I, I guess that's just how it is. Like English starts to not become a thing for me towards the end of this. But anyway, we appreciate you guys. Another week here inside the vault, down and in the books. You will hear from us post game. Be on the lookout for an announcement. We'll put it up on Twitter just in terms of what we have coming up for our strategy with the early start and, and whatnot, me being here, you being in the States. So be on the lookout for that. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you this weekend. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.